So I didn't realize this until I played yesterday's podcast back, but I was in such a uh, I was in such a fog for most of Monday that I didn't realize I did not do a proper introduction. <laughs> Which I mean, if you haven't heard this podcast before, my apologies. You just hear some random dude getting in front of a microphone and talking to another guy who has only been on the podcast for twice, and you're like, oh, this is the normal. This is the normal thing. Um, unfortunately, that is not the case, but I am definitely appreciative of Justin coming on the podcast last night. But to get back on track, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, February 25th. Let's all take a deep breath because we have finally recovered from the trade deadline in which for the third year in a row, thank God I was here for this one. I wasn't in California like I was the last two, but for the third year in a row, the Vegas Golden Knights waited until literally the last possible minute to make one of the biggest splashes at the trade deadline. If you haven't heard the uh, early reaction pod with um, my my friend Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun, and good God, did we really just get breaking news right now? Okay, uh, by the way, Nicholas Wan, Zach Weichelad have been recalled from AHL Chicago. So there's that for you. Um, but literally just happened. But um, yesterday, if you did not hear the reaction pod with myself and Justin talking about the Robin Leonard trade, Go back and listen to that. Today we will have more thoughts on that. So with that being said, welcome everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you joining me for today's podcast. And we still have a lot to digest. Yesterday was just talking about how the Golden Knights unthinkably snagged one of the more elite goaltenders in the league for basically a second round pick and a prospect and Malcolm Subban. But the fact that they even acquired a goalie, even 24 hours later, is still the most shocking thing to me out of this whole ordeal. And I will share more thoughts of it as we go along. But before I do, usual housekeeping items out of the way before we get started here. And if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, I do welcome you as this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. We're more than likely on there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster 21. Or if you like emails, Locked On Golden Knights at gmail.com is the place to do that. And again, I do welcome you. So yeah, yesterday, <laughs> I, I don't even know how we got to the point where Robin Leonard is now a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. I still don't think I have a general idea. I don't think any of us do, but it is a new dawn. It is a new day. And Robin Leonard is right now the 1B goalie. I can't even call him a backup because calling Robin Leonard a backup almost seems blasphemous, but he is the presumptive 1B now to Marc-Andre Fleury in the Golden Knights rotation. To kind of bring this all full circle, because I don't think we set the terms yesterday in the pod I did with Justin, but it is Malcolm Subban, prospect defenseman Slava Demin, and the second round pick in this upcoming draft that was originally owned by Pittsburgh, which Vegas got to take Fleury in the expansion draft, sent to Chicago for Robin Leonard. 
Toronto also got in the deal. Toronto initially accepted Leonard, retained half of his salary, sent him to Vegas uh, for a prospect forward that, unfortunately, I am blanking on the name at this current point in time. But it is very weird to come here on this Tuesday, one day after the deadline. You know, I was up at since 5 a.m. on Monday, you know, following the trade wire, wondering what's going to happen, what trades are going to come through. And this whole time, we thought that the Golden Knights were actually going to go in there on Monday and acquire the likes of Tyson Berry, acquire the likes of Eric Gustafson, acquire maybe Sammy Votnin. All three of those names did not go to Vegas. Barry stays in Toronto. Votnin went to the Carolina Hurricanes, who, by the way, had one hell of a trade deadline. They were incredible. And then Gustafson goes to Calgary. So all the defensemen go off the board. It's five minutes to the deadline, and Vegas hasn't done anything. And at that point, you're wondering, well, they have a defenseman who they just acquired, and Alec Martinez, who is averaging more than a point per game since coming to Vegas. So who knows? Maybe this is the move that puts Vegas over the top. Instead, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee address the one area that I think a lot of Golden Knights fans have been wanting to address, but I don't think they that anybody... I don't care who you are, whether you believed in Malcolm Subban, whether you thought that the Golden Knights needed to trade for a goaltender, you did not think at 11.59 a.m. on Monday that Robin Leonard, again, Robin Leonard, Vesna finalist in last season, Jennings winner, Masterton winner, you did not think that Robin Leonard was going to be available on the market. I did not hear his name on any rumors whatsoever, and I sure as hell did not expect Vegas to be linked on him. But then when you look at your phone at 11.59 a.m. and see that Darren Dreger tweets that Leonard of Vegas, and the only thing I could think in my mind was, how the hell did they pull this off? And not only did they pull it off, they were able to pull it off by giving up a, a, a decent defenseman prospect. It's not like he was lighting the world on fire. Slava Demon, he wasn't going to be seen as someone who would eventually work his way up to the ranks in the Golden Knights system with all the defensemen that they have. They gave up Malcolm Subban, which that experiment, I feel, came and went a long time ago. And then a second-round pick that, was again, was originally the flurry pick when Vegas took him in the expansion draft. So basically, they gave up two pieces that they really didn't need, and they gave up a backup goaltender to upgrade their goaltending situation. So all of that is fine and dandy. And the fact that the Golden Knights now go into... This final stretch of 18 games, now three points ahead of the Oilers for first place in the Pacific, who, by the way, Vegas will see on Wednesday for the first of three meetings between now and the end of March. And they have two goalies that can go in at any time needed and deliver you a solid performance going into the playoffs. To me, that's a win-win. Now, in the immediate term, that is a win-win. Don't get me wrong. I like the acquisition of Leonard in the short term this year. I think the acquisition of Robin Leonard is without question one of, if not the biggest move that's been made so far. And the Golden Knights now have been on the on the receiving end of three successful trades to this point, getting Chandler Stevenson, getting Alec Martinez, and now getting uh, Robin Leonard. Beyond this year, though, that's where you've seen a lot of talk, especially on Twitter, especially something that I wrote for Nights on Ice earlier, uh, actually yesterday. The future 
of what is to come with the Golden Knights and their goaltending situation is going to get very interesting in the offseason, which, you know, maybe in hindsight, I wouldn't say it's cup or bust. I'm, I'm always of the mindset maybe cup or bust because I feel like you make a move like this without addressing another need, which was maybe another puck moving defenseman that you've been linked to for God knows how long. You don't address that, but you address goaltending in a sense where not only do you pick up a backup goaltender who's better than Subban, and again, I can't even call him a backup because it seems uh, it seems crass to call him a, a backup, but you get a guy who is, one, better than your original backup, two, is one of the elite goaltenders in the NHL, and he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Marc-Andre Fleury is still on the books for $7 million per year over the next two seasons. So what exactly do the Golden Knights do when it comes to the goaltending situation? Did they really trade a second-round pick for a rental, which is not something that the Golden Knights have done really the last two years? If you think about it, when they traded for Tomas Tatar, he still had term on his deal. The only reason why it's considered a rental is because he was shipped off to Montreal for Max Pacioretty. Mark Stone, the Golden Knights are not giving up a second-round pick, Oscar Lindbergh and Eric Brandstrom, to get one year of Mark Stone before he bolts. So they had to make sure that a contract extension was in place. This time around, contract extension has not been discussed, one, per Kelly McCrimmon, and two, if you're looking to pay Leonard this offseason, he's going to probably make more than $5 million in what he got last year for the one-year deal with Chicago. So now you're putting yourself in a position of, one, maybe letting Leonard walk after this year so he can go get his long-term deal with another team, or the the idea that's been thrown around lately with Vegas, which I, at the end of the day, I don't think this is going to happen, but does, does Vegas trade Marc-Andre Fleury and go into the new era of Vegas with Robin Leonard as their number one goaltender? That is definitely a possibility. It's absolutely a possibility that I don't think a lot of people have come to grips with. Because at the end of the day, do I think it would benefit Vegas to have both Flurry and Leonard long-term? Absolutely. Because then at least you can go what the Islanders have done with Barry Trotz for the last couple of years. You can literally split the starts. Like for the Islanders, two years ago when Leonard was on there, it was uh, Grice and Leonard. This year, it's Grice and Varlamov. Like they've been able to split those guys as well as they possibly can. Could you do that with Flurry and could you do that with Leonard? Absolutely, you could. You absolutely could. Because I have a hard time believing, and this is just me, I have a hard time believing that Kelly McCrimmon made this trade just because he wanted to make sure that if th- these were his words, by the way, these were Kelly McCrimmon's words. If God forbid something happened to Mark Andre Fleury, that they were not prepared to win playoff games uh, uh, with the backup goal center at the time, it was Malcolm Subban, which he's 100% right. But with that comes the expectation that the Golden Knights need to win this year because you don't give up those kind of assets for a goaltender of Leonard's caliber unless you feel that this is the move that's going to win you a cup. And I think that expectation has been heaped on the Golden Knights now. I think that expectation has now been heaped upon the front office by hook or by crook. And as a result, they now have to go out and win. And if they don't, it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge mess because 
I tweeted out tweeted it out last night, and there, there are some serviceable options for a backup to Flurry, but the but the gap between going from Leonard to you know whoever you know maybe a Markstrom if you can get him on a solid deal, but I doubt Markstrom's going to want to be paid starters type money to be a backup after the All Star season that he's had. Um, Anton Kudobin is one. I mean, there there are names out there on the market this year. But are they better than Malcolm Subban? I mean, I mean that, that might sound like a stupid question, but is there a goaltender out there that you can get that with 100% confidence you can pay him a million, a million and a half dollars next year and say, okay, he is definitely better than Malcolm Subban if we need to get flurry rest? Because that's my thinking. Do you have a goaltender on the market this year that you know that if you let Leonard walk, this goaltender can come in for 25, 30 games, maybe a little bit more to spell flurry. Do you have that option on the books or in your, in your head going into the offseason? And right now, the, the, the possible options are not that great, the possible replacement options. So pipe dream scenario, Vegas could absolutely roll with Leonard and flurry one-two punch. They absolutely could. If they have – you look at Cap Friendly – Cap Friendly has Vegas at only 12 contracts next year uh, with $11 million in potential cap space room. Now, again, the salary cap can fluctuate, hopefully north in favor of Vegas as opposed to this last summer when they had to shed three contracts. Um, but with $11 million to work with, you re-sign, the, you re-sign the guys that you could probably get on the cheap. So Carrier's an RFA, uh, Stevenson's an RFA, Nick Waugh's an RFA. You can bring back Ryan Reeves on the vet minimum. Uh, Nosek is an RFA once again, I believe. So you can get bring him back if you want to. Um, and Nick Cousins, who the Golden Knights acquired in a late trade with Montreal last night. We didn't even get to Nick Cousins. Um, you, he, you acquire him. He's an RFA after this year, so he's under, he's under control as well. So you can get those kind of guys back on a cheaper type of deal and still maneuver your way Um around the cap gymnastics to bring back Leonard, bring back flurry. If you are fully committed to paying at least 12 to $13 million for two goaltenders, which seems absolutely crazy. But at the end of the day, if you are committed to doing that, and if Leonard wants to stay in Vegas, you could make it happen. And then flurry's contract comes off the books in two years. And you have Leonard as your number one going forward. So there is that possibility. Now, if you want to go with that, Vegas might need to clear some more cap space if they feel the likes of Cody Glass is ready to make the full-time jump if he can stay healthy. Then there's the then you look at around, well, okay, can we trade maybe an Alex Tuck? And Justin and I talked about this on the pod yesterday too. Maybe an Alex Tuck, maybe a Riley Smith, maybe Jonathan Marchessault. Maybe a Paul Stasny, if someone wants to take the final year, that's $6.5 million cap hit. Vegas might have to retain a little bit. But if Vegas could possibly get an asset for Stasny and move on because you now have your top line set with Carlson, uh, Stone, and Pacioretty, you have that to look forward to as well. There are an abundant amount of options that Vegas can roll with. I think their pie-in-the-sky the pie scenario would be keep Leonard long-term. And if you have to find a way to split the workload, 
which I think is going to work well for Flurry. I think it would work well for Leonard. I mean, Leonard's been used to it, but Leonard has shown that he is a Vesna caliber guy when splitting time. If you can convince Leonard to do that for five, six million dollars a year for like a five, six year deal, then that is absolutely an avenue that I think Vegas should explore. But again, I'm not Kelly McCrimmon. I'm not George McPhee. I have no idea what in the world goes on in their heads when they're thinking about the picture of this team long term. But it definitely is a win now move to get a guy like Robin Leonard. And if it works out, fantastic. Because if you can get competent goaltending in the games that matter, the Golden Knights are going to be one hell of a formidable team. And this six-game winning streak that they're on, that, by the way, didn't even get a chance to address the fact that they completed Murderer's Row with the chamber intact. That is a ridiculous accomplishment for the Golden Knights in their own standpoint. But to do that and then to come back the next night after you beat Florida to beat Anaheim on the road and playing your third game in four days... To me, that is a sign of a team that's ready to roll come playoff time. And then you add reinforcements for Flurry if he goes through another struggling session and you have another guy that you can throw into who is capable of making those big time saves when needed. So I, I overall, I think the move is great. I think it just caught me by surprise because, again, nobody, I, I highly doubt anybody in this city predicted that Robin Leonard, one, would be a trade target. Two, I highly doubt that anybody believed that Robin Leonard would be going to the Golden Knights. Like, if you thought Vegas would address the goaltending situation, that's one thing. If you thought that they were going to address goaltending for a better backup, that's one thing. No one thought Robin Leonard was coming here. Not a single soul thought Robin Leonard was coming to Vegas. And now it's happened, and now Vegas has got to roll with it. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch how Pete DeBoer kind of rotates between the two. He said today that he was he's planning on rotating between the two as we go forward. It's going to be very interesting to watch. If it's a 9-9 split, perfect. If it's not, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to look forward to um, between now and the end of the regular season. Again, 18 more games to go, guys. 18 more games to go before the Golden Knights go to the playoffs there's a lot of storylines coming up and it's going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting. So again, I didn't even, the plan for me guys was I was going to do a podcast on Sunday after the game against Anaheim. And then I realized by the time I finally settled down and finally got other work done, it was almost one o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, why in the world am I doing this? But I should have. I should have done a podcast Sunday leading up to the deadline um, because, one, William Carlson is back, had a hat trick on Sunday, scored on all three of his shots, was robbed of a natural hat trick, if not for Nick Ritchie. Uh, Shea Theodore with the game winner in overtime to extend the Golden Knights' winning streak to six games. And now they come back home for, I believe, four more at home starting on Wednesday against the revamped Edmonton Oilers, who uh, another team that really did some damage at the trade deadline, getting Andreas Athanasiu 
if you remember back to when they lost to Detroit earlier in the year, I could not say Athanasiu's name right. When you hear it 55 times on Sportsnet's broadcast last night, yesterday, you, you pick up on it. Andreas Athanasiu is going to be one hell of, an, of a uh, pickup for Edmonton's top line now that Connor McDavid's back. They go out and get Mike Green to fortify their defense. They go and get Tyler Ennis from Ottawa. Edmonton's retooling at the right time, and you're going to get those two teams, the two top teams in the Pacific Division, going at it on Wednesday night. Again, for the first time of three meetings between now and March 31st, they play at Edmonton the final two times on the 9th and the 31st. So these two teams are going to get very... uh, very familiar with each other between now and the end of the season. So they might they might hate each other. This might be your new uh, Sharks-Golden Knights rivalry, if you think about it. But, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to touch on the Golden Knights sweeping Murderer's Row. I If if you would have told me at the beginning of that homestand that Vegas was going to at least get six points, I would have said, okay, I'll take it. But the Golden Knights got ten. They got ten out of ten. And to me, that was the most incredible thing I think that they've accomplished so far in the, in the regular season, in the three years that they've been a team. To sweep that lineup of teams, to come into your barn knowing you need to win at least two, maybe three of those games, and you got all five, that is a big, big win for the Golden Knights. And now you come home with, I would say, three winnable games. You've got three winnable games. The Edmonton game is going to be a toss-up. I'm very interested to see what the, the Edmonton game does. And if Vegas can really slow McDavid down and slow Athanasiu down and slow down that top line, slow down Dreisaitl, which I know is a lot easier said than done, but if they can do that, if they neutralize them enough, Vegas should be able to win their seventh straight game. And then you've got three more games, three upcoming home games that I think are very winnable. you got Buffalo on Friday and then the Kings on Sunday, and then they play the Devils. That's three winnable games right there. So if Vegas can take care of business against a team that's come, that's on their necks for tops in the Pacific Division, if they can do that, then I think Vegas is right now in the clear. And again, I think Edmonton is playing the second game of a back-to-back because they're in Arizona tonight, I believe, and then they play uh, Vegas tomorrow night. So maybe catch them on the back end of a back-to-back maybe that they're a little bit tired maybe just maybe the golden knights are hoping so but i'm interested to see i i do believe that we are going to see more of a rotation between flurry and leonard i would expect flurry to start tomorrow and then maybe get leonard a game on friday against his former buffalo team i think that would be interesting and then the the devils and the kings you can absolutely rotate between flurry and leonard if you want to um, depending on who you want to play that day. I think I think Flurry, given the divisional game, would take LA. And I think throwing Leonard out there against New Jersey would be a solid uh would be a solid choice. So the Golden Knights are they're going all in, guys. They are going all in on this move for Robin Leonard. It's a cup winning type of move. Okay, that do do I think I should have gone as far as to say that it's cup or bust at the end of the day? Probably not, but you get the sense that they could have addressed any other area on their team. They got another depth forward in Cousins. Could they have addressed the blue line one more time? Possibly. I mean, I think that they definitely could have. And by the way, Nick Holden signed a two-year contract extension, by the way. I don't know if I... I don't think I mentioned that. Nick Holden signed a contract extension. Um... 
a two-year contract extension worth 1.7 million AAV uh, for the next two years. So there's that for you. So I I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to watch how this unfolds. And they, the fact that they didn't get another defenseman, could they have? Yes. Should they have? Probably. But you go out and get another bet, the next best thing to a defenseman, and that's a very good goaltender. So watching Flurry and Leonard and how they operate in these final 18 games is going to be very interesting. And it's also going to be a challenge for Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff to figure out which goaltender is the best one to start game one and to alternate in the playoffs, too. Hmm. I don't know. But when we find out all those answers, I will be here to let you all know what goes on. So tomorrow, uh, business as usual, doing a post-game pod. So don't expect that episode until maybe Thursday morning. Um, Unless something happens drastically, like unless Robin Leonard is named the starter for tomorrow, um, I would not expect a podcast earlier in the day. But do expect one for the late Thursday or the the late Wednesday night, Thursday morning postgame pod where the Golden Knights play the Oilers. So be on the lookout for that. Until then, guys, thank you as always for joining me. Thank you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, all of that jazz. Uh, If you are an Apple podcast, by the way, if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and a review, helps people find the podcast. Let's, if you have a review, please let me know what you think of the show. Again, not the best podcaster in the world. So I'm kind of, again, mostly doing this myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing as I'm going, right? So if you have any thoughts on the show, please let me know. I'd be more than happy to uh, take any sort of comments. But um, until then, I will see you guys likely Thursday morning. But until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I will see you later. Have a good one.